Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. You're listening to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio with your host, Darren Batman McJohn. And now, prepare to get fat. What's cracking, peeps? Welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. I'm your host, Darren Fatman McDuffie, and this episode is being brought to you by I'mTheFatMan.com. Super show tonight. We have Dr. Maggie Luther on. We'll be talking about her book, The Everything Guide to Adrenal Fatigue. So we'll be talking again about the adrenals. If you're not up on adrenals or don't know much about them, we'll go through that whole gamut of understanding the adrenals. I had adrenal fatigue back a couple of years ago, had no idea what it was and um, found out what it was. And that led me down to another journey, another health journey. So tonight we'll be talking about that and I'll be maybe sharing my experience with adrenal fatigue with you. So as I'm waiting for her to come in on Skype, we'll um, just do some announcements here. So um, last week's show, last Wednesday's show was a very good show. I'm sorry, not last Wednesday, but Monday's show was a very good show with Dr. Jennifer Daniels. If you uh, tuned into that one, I'm sure you enjoyed it. We were talking about turpentine, the benefits or health benefits of turpentine, rather. And uh, the first part of that show was just uh, Dr. Daniels really speaking about her uh, experience and why she gave up her medical license and why she's now living in Panama. And I don't know whether uh, some of you out there who are listening or not or actually know about the holistic physicians, holistic people who are working in this field and healing people naturally. A lot of them are dying and no one has any idea of what's going on. And uh, it just seems as though it's it's very, very odd that this is happening to you know, some of these people, and I'm not, don't uh, subscribe to many conspiracy theories, but something's definitely happening when you have a lot of these holistic physicians that are coming up, uh, you know, dying, and most of them are healthy. And then Dr. Daniels really just told her story of what happened with her when she was, uh, when she kind of confronted the establishment, so to speak. Uh, she was uh, put on the do not employ list, and then she was also put on the terrorist list. So the first part of that show actually was just about her going over her background and what actually happened to her and leading into Panama. Then we got into the second part of the show, which was all about turpentine and sugar and the miraculous healing benefits of that particular uh, concoction of using them together and what they do and some of the real healing things that happen when uh, she started using that with some of her clients. So um, we're super excited um, to start. I'm actually super excited to start using that protocol. And what I'm going to do when I use the protocol is I'm going to document on YouTube. So if you're not a part of my YouTube channel, please do so. I'm actually going to be starting it soon. And I'll be preparing my body just to go through that protocol because on her uh, document, I think it's called candidacleaner.com. You can go there and she gives you the full protocol on there. And one of the things is just preparing your body before you actually do that, that turpentine cleanse. So I'm going to be doing that and just documenting on YouTube. And as I shared on the uh, 
the show on a podcast Monday. Um, I was really familiar with Turpentine through my grandmother because she used to talk about it all the time. And as I grew a little bit older, I tended to forget about it. I'm going to ask you guys to do a real big favor for me um, with regards to the show. I'm really, really wanting to build the show. And I know that a lot of people out there are listening to the show. If you could please go to iTunes and give me a review because iTunes Actually, the more reviews you get, the more they'll feature your show and the more people can find me. So um, I think that I definitely think that I have one of the, the better podcasts out there, and I'm always trying to bring the best information and have the best guests. And if you can give me a review, that would really help me for more people to find me. And I'm always looking for ways to grow the show and bring you um, uh, more top guests. So if you could do that for me, I would greatly appreciate it. Um before we get into the show, just ask you to please connect with me on social media so you'll know all of the, uh, the when the shows come up. So I'm on Twitter, Facebook, facebook.com slash Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. You can go in there and join the fan page. You know about that. And then also Twitter is the fat underscore man, the fat underscore man. And remember, fat is spelled with a P-H and not an F. So P-H-A-T, the fat underscore man. So let me give you Dr. Maggie's bio. I'm going to have to bend down here. I'm, I'm so tall. But Dr. Maggie Luther is a naturopathic doctor, health coach, holistic healer, and herbalist with more than 15 years of experience practicing preventative medicine and treating adrenal fatigue. She specializes in individualized medicine with an emphasis on curing the adrenal glands and the stress response. Dr. Luther practices evidence-based natural medicine and works to educate patients on the importance of self-care and a balanced lifestyle. Her website is www.yourwellnessexpert.com. Dr. Maggie, are you there? Yep. Hey, Darren. Hey, how are you doing tonight? I'm fabulous. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Let me turn you up here. I can barely hear you in my headphones. Yeah, I was just, uh, I'm glad you, you, you uh, kind of uh, conquered the Skype monster there. It seemed like we had, I had someone on two episodes ago and we could not get Skype to go on right. So I, I'm pretty glad that you were able to, to get on on Skype. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. I had to create a an account on Blog Talk Radio and then I was in, so... We're yeah, good. I'm gonna have. I'm actually going to email you after the show so you can tell me what you did because I think a lot of people have um, issues with that. And I had spoken to someone who was a guest before, but she didn't kind of give me the information that I that I needed to get. But I will definitely email you after the show and just so I can give other guests a heads up on how to, you know, do it easily. But sure. great to have you, and um, I'm really looking forward to uh, talking a little bit more about adrenal fatigue because I think back in like 2007, 2008, I had a really bad case of uh, adrenal fatigue, and I didn't know anything about that. And uh, I think I was reading Kevin Trudeau's book, and uh, he was talking about fatigue and ad adrenal fatigue, and uh, that led me to go and get some testing uh, in Boca Raton, uh, Florida, where um, I lived not far from that, that area. And uh, I remember for me, the telltale sign was I would always get tired at a certain part of the day around one o'clock. And I remember going to health food stores and they were giving me vitamin C and various vitamins. And then I went to the energy drink route. I started to drink energy drinks just to uh, get over the fatigue to feel like I had some sort of energy. But um, like I said, I'm really interested in learning more about adrenal fatigue, and I know the audience is interested in uh, learning as well. But before we get into it, 
how did you get into the natural the natural health field, Dr. Luther? Sure, yeah. So it's kind of been, I guess I would say, a lifelong journey for me. I was one of those kids that kind of, my mom fed me a very balanced diet. So it was like you always had your protein and your carbs and your greens and your salad. So it's not like weird that I have gotten into natural medicine, but I was always that kid that would like read labels. And even if I couldn't understand what the word was, like high fructose corn syrup or hydrogenated, I still wanted to understand what I was putting in my body. So I think it was just my natural inclination. And then when I went to my undergrad back in, you know, my late teens, early 20s, I started to dapple in everything natural. And I ended up curing seasonal allergies, pretty bad PMS. And I had, um, you know, what what could be like called an anxious stomach. Um mm-hmm. So I had like dappled in all of these different things, had done all these like cleanses and fasts and natural therapies. And I was like, wow, this stuff really works. Like if you give it the time and the place to do what it needs to do, right? Because it's not like a pill. You're not going to take something, even if it's natural and be cured. You have to do a lot of the diet and the lifestyle and it's it's work, you know. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of sold on it from doing it myself. And then kind of one thing led to another, and I studied herbs and then ended up becoming a naturopathic doctor. And now I just, um, yeah, love educating people on the fact that they have options. There's not just one way to try to make your symptoms go away. And, you know, I love answering questions that people don't even know they should be asking of their healthcare practitioner. Yeah. So. Where did you go to, where did you go to uh, naturopathy school? I went uh, to Bastyr University out in Seattle, Washington. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I um, used to uh, work for a food sensitivity testing lab, and uh, part of my territory was uh, Seattle, Washington. So I, oh, that's fun. why I, I was like, yeah, she probably went to Bastyr because Bastyr is, yeah. is really, really well known. Um, getting into adrenal fatigue, I guess we should do some biology because I understand adrenal fatigue. Um, I've had some experience with it, but I know a lot of the audience may not. But where are the adrenals actually located? Sure, yeah. So the adrenals are these really, really small organs, like like almost like half the size of your palm, and they sit on top of the kidneys. And they are actually part of the endocrine system. So while the kidneys are part of the urinary system, um, they're just located in the same area, but they're part of the endocrine system that regulates our fight or flight, it regulates our blood pressure, and it also has some of the sex hormones that it releases, a lot less than like the testes or the ovaries. But as we age, and as women go through menopause and men go through andropause, there will be more sex hormones that are supplied by the adrenal glands. And the reason a lot of people have symptoms as they age is because their adrenal glands are exhausted. And so, you know, it's kind of a you're asking these organs that have been exhausted for a very long time to now work even harder. Yeah. So. Yeah. With fatigue, one of the, the, the biggest complaints with people is fatigue. That just seems like the big thing. Most people are going into, you know, whether they come into you, whether they go into a conventional doctor, they're actually complaining about just not having the energy that they once had is <clears throat> that a telltale sign that they're having adrenal fatigue or could that be that something else might be wrong with it or could it just mean that it's a whole host of problems um, going on there? 
Yeah, it's a great question because, I mean, fatigue, like you said, is probably the most common diagnostic code Mm -hmm. that we would have, especially at school and clinic. We'd be like, well, they're fatigued. What else can we code? Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's definitely other things. So, like, anemia can cause fatigue. If you have thyroid issues, that can cause fatigue. Obviously, more severe conditions like cancers can start out with a picture of fatigue. Um, But commonly... You know, the adrenals, because the adrenals have to help us adapt to stressors, and that means everything, not just like, ooh, I'm about to, like, hit this car type of stressor. It's like, ooh, the environment changed, or ooh, now um, I I got a cold, or, you know, now I'm trying to push it because I'm writing a book and I'm staying up late. It's like everything is a stressor to the body if it's not your, if you're not just in your normal, like, I go to sleep and I get up and I eat and Uh, So all of these things sort of stress the adrenal gland. So, you know, I'm not going to say that with everyone. If you've got something else going on, like if you have anemia, you could also have an adrenal issue, and that could be contributing to the fatigue. But I think a large amount of people experience increase in fatigue with other um, causes of fatigue being that the adrenals are contributing to it as well. Mm -hmm. You work with and see people on a daily basis, um, if you had to do a percentage, what would be the percentage of people that come in and are actually suffering from adrenal fatigue? Um, that's a great question. I mean, because adrenal fatigue is really sort of, we, you know, use that term more for like when you really have hit, right? So what's going to happen is just um, to clarify the words, we get, we go into overdrive first. And so your adrenals operate normally and then you experience a stressor and then hopefully you go back to normal. But what happens is if you experience stress after stress, you're going to go into a heightened state. And then once you stay in that heightened state for too long, that's when you crash into a fatigue state. So, you know, I would say that most people come in without healthy adrenals, but it's not necessarily that they're at the fatigue level. So I would say maybe you know, a third of the people I see are more at the fatigue level. And then, you know, a third to a half are at that like sort of um, overdrive level. And then Mm -hmm. there's some people who are doing pretty well adrenally. I actually think a lot of people suffer, well, not suffer, but a a lot of people need their digestive systems upgraded. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's what I would say is the most common system I see out of balance. And then adrenals are definitely right behind that. What do you what do you mean by having a digestive system upgraded? Well, so if you think of your digestive system, it's like the foundation of your house. Like that's how you like break down everything, absorb everything, excrete everything. You've got all those good probiotics living in there that are literally doing things that we're still uncovering in science. You know, like they're releasing chemicals that look like our neurotransmitters that are communicating to our brain and So I find that a lot of the systemic symptoms or the symptoms that people have in other parts of their body can be traced back to the digestive system. So for me, if I can get in and like, even if someone's not overtly experiencing like, you know, gas bloating, diarrhea, constipation, um, just doing a tune up to their digestive system helps make their overall body that much better. And then it helps with the supplements that I prescribe or, you know, the stress management goes a lot further because their digestive system now can absorb those B vitamins. So I feel like the, the, because it is the foundation of our house to have that really working well, 
goes a mm. long way to uh, helping heal other areas of the body, especially the adrenals. Yeah. Getting back to, you mentioned that adrenals are part of the endocrine system, and the endocrine system in most cases is responsible for You mentioned the hormones. I'm wondering if someone who has adrenal fatigue and that's thrown off, can that throw off the hormones? Can that throw off our sex hormones, our sex drive, our, you know, the other hormones that are in there as well? Yeah, I would say definitely. I'd say the most common area that is affected when the adrenals are affected, and this is, I would probably say more so in women, um, is the thyroid. So, you know, a Mm. lot of times women have hypothyroidism, hyper a little less um, common than hypo, and they'll just get, you know, levothyroxine and that's it. And it's like if their adrenals were supported as well, their thyroid can then actually heal. Yeah. And it can also go the other way, too, um, with the sex hormones. You know, if you don't have the energy, you know, there can be some apathy or a lack of interest uh, with the sex hormones as well. Yeah. Um, talking about the adrenals and the thyroid, and I'm sure you see people who may have one problem or both problems. If they have, I guess what I'm trying to say is, if they have adrenal fatigue, especially with women, is that going to automatically clue you in as to them having a thyroid issue or can one happen without the other one, without that correlation? Yeah, I would say that uh, what I see clinically is more, if they've got an adrenal issue, they won't necessarily have a thyroid issue, but pretty much with all my thyroid people, they need their adrenal supported. So it's almost like if you think about the endocrine system, like in the order in the body, it's almost like the, and this is not like a scientific proven theory, but I've seen this in clinic and I feel like other practitioners see this as well that practice in the uh, complementary alternative realm is, you know, it's like the first thing that goes is sort of like the sex hormones because it's like reproduction. Like if you're not well, you don't need to reproduce. And then it's like the adrenal glands kind of fade a little bit. And then you can have some blood sugar issues and some thyroid issues. And it's kind of like the endocrine organs kind of check themselves out. And I'm not saying it always happens this way, but they'll check themselves out more in that realm. So once you get to the thyroid, you really need to think about the lower organs and are they being supported. Now, when you're working with someone and they have these adrenals and they might have these thyroid issues, are you treating the adrenals first and then the thyroid or are you treating them together? How does that that go? Jeff, uh, definitely together and then bouncing back to the digestive system because about three quarters of hypothyroid is Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune condition, which right. many practitioners aren't even screening for. Um, and more and more are screening for now, but that's an autoimmune condition. So we've got to go to the digestive system where 70% of your immune system lives and make sure that we're calming down any inflammation. I mean, gluten's a big thing for the thyroid because the peptides in gluten look similar to a thyroid. So, you know, it's there's a little bit of tinkering that goes on in each of the various areas. And then, you know, as it, my the way I practice is, you know, as the body responds, then you can see where the weaknesses are more evidently. So like the digestive system may get healed and we see that, you know, some adrenal, other adrenal symptoms are popping up and we need to support that more heavily. 
Yeah, you may have answered this before, but I kind of wanted to to ask you again. In a, you probably answered in a roundabout way, but with the um, adrenals, can they affect our? I know that you know they can affect the endocrine endocrine system, but can they affect other? Can they affect our immune system if our adrenals are off, or can they affect the um, our? our I can't remember my systems right now, but, <laughs> but no worries. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. when I get on the air, I forget everything for some odd reason. <laughs> it but yeah, can, it, can, it, can, they, can you can it actually affect our immune system and other systems uh, in the body? Yes, and that's the thing is that you know the adrenals really can affect everywhere. So like the immune system is a big one. Cortisol is an immune system suppressant. Mm-hmm. So you know, think about like. Um, people, they, they work a lot and then they go on vacation and they finally like let their guard down and they get sick because they've been on this like hyper adrenal state, working, 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 drinking caffeine, not sleeping enough. And then they go on vacation, try to relax. And the body's like, Whoa, you know, what's going on? (laughs) And the same with the, you know, I mean, everywhere, the brain, uh, cortisol, acutely is really helpful to help you like focus and like get stuff done. But again, when you're constantly bombarding the brain cells with cortisol, eventually it can lead to the exact opposite. So, you know, forgetfulness or um, issues with memory, things like that. Yeah. Um, Can adrenal fatigue be that uh, tired and wired feeling like you're tired, but you're, you're wired up. And I've had that feeling before and I know a lot of people are, you know, get that way tired, and but they're they're very wired up. Um, what are some other things that may give us a hint as to if we have adrenal fatigue or not? And I'd be willing to say a lot of people have adrenal fatigue, Doctor Luther, but, <laughs> but, but because I know the stress that a lot of people go through. Because I talk to people all the time, and most people are stressed out. Um, yeah. What are some signs? And then um, the second part of that question. And I guess it goes along with this. I've heard that if you crave salt, that's a telltale sign that you have um, adrenal fatigue. Can you answer, like, take both of those there and answer those, please? Yeah. So I think um, it's really helpful. I mean, there's tons of quizzes online. You know, you can, like, hop on and just be, like, adrenal fatigue quiz, and you can look through it. And you may even get overwhelmed by the quantity of symptoms that are listed, but you know, like you were mentioning earlier, like that 2 p.m. dip is like a classic symptom mm-hmm. of adrenal issues. Um, if you're exhausted when you wake up, that can be an adrenal issue, right? Because your cortisol should be highest in the morning. If you're wired before bedtime, that could be an adrenal issue. You've got too much uh, cortisol pumping at night when it should be really low. If you have sleep issues or insomnia, that, of course, can be um, an adrenal fatigue issue. Um, If you have, like, chronic symptoms related to, like, blood pressure or blood sugar or the immune system, because those are so interconnected, um, allergies, food sensitivities, those can also be uh, a sign that your adrenal glands aren't as strong as they should be. And then um, I would say, I mean, there's a ton of other symptoms that people could have, um, it's the salt thing is totally true. Uh, mm. You know, the the adrenals balance our minerals as well. And so people crave salt. People will actually eat salt and they'll feel better, right? So mm. the what's probably happening is that you're burning through a lot of your minerals. 
and um, you're needing to replace those at a higher rate than you would if your adrenal glands weren't exhausted. Yeah, um, looking at adrenals, are there different stages? Can you have? I think you mentioned earlier that you can have. Forget what you said, but are there like stages, like where one is more severe than the other, where you can just have a light adrenal adrenal fatigue and then it progresses? But what you know, what are the stages? Yeah, so it's kind of like um, I'll do it like the way I do it in uh, my book, in the Everything Guide to Adrenal Fatigue. We do. Mm-hmm. I did it like a stage zero, which is kind of like you experience a stressor, and then you either have the habits in place to return to homeostasis, um, or the stressor just wasn't big enough to like you know really throw you off. So, I, I mean, say like you feel a hot pan, and that's probably like the easiest thing I can think of because most people don't get like, you know, it's not a lasting issue. Like if you felt a hot pan, move your finger away. That's a stressor. Oops. Um, so, but even if you had bigger stressors and you were able to return to health, then that would be a stage zero. And then stage one is kind of like we're, we're, we don't have enough recovery time between stressors. So we're heading more into that I've experienced a stressor, I'm recovering, but before I can fully recover, I'm experiencing another stressor. And I'm internalizing the stressor. That's the most important part is that, you know, and I speak about that a lot in the book, is that it's all about how you internalize stressful events because they've shown in um, – epidemiological studies that, you know, people who experience stress but don't perceive it as stress don't have an increase in stress-related death. So once we're, once we're at stage one, we're not really recovering. We go to stage two, which is more of that hyper-overdrive. So we're experiencing a stressor. We're not recovering really at all. We're experiencing another stressor. Our adrenal glands are in overdrive. We're, like, trying to just, like, we could almost even be, um, a lot of people in this stage actually will, like, crave, like coffee and stimulants because they're almost like on that high anyway. They want to like keep going on the high and then you'll crash. And that's like stage three. And that's really where the severe adrenal fatigue can be. And that can even move you into like chronic fatigue syndrome or some of the more severe stuff, depending on how long it's been going on and what you're doing in your regular day, you know? So if you're doing energy drinks all the time and, you're not getting good sleep and you're eating really crappy and you're not exercising, then you're less likely, you're more likely to move into like the chronic fatigue syndrome style adrenal fatigue. Yeah. Getting back to to just talking about stress and we didn't get into that much. I'm wondering if um, good stress, because you have the bad stress and then you have what you call you stress, which is the good stress. Like for instance, uh, whenever I get on the air, I tend to get a little nervous, but that gets me on top of my game. Yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. but I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that you stress and the bad stress can add up on us, and if there are certain individuals out there who can take more stress than others can take. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I feel like, you know. Um, I think the you stress, and then again, so like if we internalize stressors differently, like right, getting on a radio show is really awesome. It's nerve wracking, but then you're like, oh, I'm into it. And, you know, that's a good stress. And you probably, once the radio show is done, you might like be a little bit like elevated or elated because it was, you know, it worked and it happened. 
but then eventually you kind of like calm yourself down. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's more of those bad stressor times when like, you know, if you're the type of personality that you're like sitting in traffic and it's like bugging you out or you're like waiting in line at the grocery store and you're like freaking out, it's like, you can't change those things. That's when I think it becomes that negative stress that impacts you in such a horrible way. And I would say, you know, constitutionally, some people are stronger and some people are weaker. And I think some of that goes to genetics and some of that goes to the environment. How are you raised? And then what are you doing with your lifestyle right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My um, my grandmother used to say this all the time when I was younger. She used to say, boy, you're going to give me a nervous breakdown. And when, <laughs> when, when I was reading your book, I'm just like, I was thinking, I'm like, I wonder if that whole terminology, nervous breakdown, can, can be considered just an extreme form of, of adrenal fatigue. Because I know a lot of, some people do have nervous breakdowns, and I'm just wondering if that's the uh the stress response is because they've had so much stress placed upon them that they just finally just break down. What are you, what are mm-hmm. your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think it's a great, I, I would probably support that as well. I mean, you know, since we've come so far in medicine, really only, you know, recently it's like everything's defined, but like, you know, back, you know, with your grandmother or even like before then, like, you know, women in hysteria, like that could be hormones, it could be the adrenals. So I think, you know, these terms do come from feelings or how we're feeling in the body. And then maybe those are the only words that really explain how we're feeling, even though maybe we don't have ways to like measure the cortisol or things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Getting back, you just, I'm going to, that was a great segue into measuring, measuring the cortisol, measuring the, the adrenals. Um, how's that done? Because it's a really simple test. I think a lot of times what happens to people, they're on the outside looking in, they think it's really uh, intricate, and it's not a real intricate test, but explain what you actually do to test the adrenals to see if they're putting out too much cortisol or putting out not enough cortisol. Yeah, the test that I do most of the time um, is the salivary test. So you collect your saliva four times over the course of the day, And the reason you want to do this is actually a fewfold. So your saliva is going to have free cortisol in it, which is good to measure. Um, And so we want to get an idea of what we call the circadian rhythm, which is your sleep-wake cycle. So like I was saying earlier, cortisol should be high in the morning, and then it gradually declines and should be lowest about 10 to 12, 10 p.m. to 12 a.m., And so in order to really see what's going on for you as an individual, because it's all about individualized medicine to really get the most out of treatment, we want to know what that looks like at those four different readings. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times people are like, well, can I just get a blood draw? And like you can, but it's actually not really going to do much because it's a one-time blood draw and it's not really looking at the full picture. Now, I have, um, I don't do it myself much, but I have heard of other practitioners also doing urinary measurements as well, because I guess that um, the urine also excretes some of the free cortisol. So that is a, a secondary option, but I've used salivary. I find it reliable, and I think a lot of other practitioners use the salivary as well. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that before. I've also experienced, experienced like um, biomeridian testing for my adrenals, and 
my own personal experience with this is what I shared before I actually brought you on. I was just doing energy drinks and went to someone and they got me corrected. Um, talking about stress, I'm wondering if our adrenals are more susceptible to having fatigue during certain life events. For instance, um, a loved one passes away. Uh, you Something tragic happens in your family. A loved one passing away is tragic, but something else tragic happening in your family. Are your adrenals going to be more susceptible to adrenal fatigue at that point in your life? Yeah, definitely. And I think some of those things can actually be triggers to like literally bump you from like stage one to stage three. It's just like too much, too fast. So I would say any major life event and then reviewing, you know, even like minor events. And I mean, maybe they're not minor, but like maybe you got into a car accident when you were 25, like that could be fairly moderately stressful on the body, depending on what happened to you. Now, is this something that's, you have adrenal fatigue. Is this something um, that's going to take you 12 months to turn around, or is it depending on the severity of the adrenal fatigue if you're in stage one versus a stage three? Um, I'm just wondering and trying to get a handle on it for the people out there who are listening, because a lot of times everyone wants to know, how long is this going to take? How long is this going to take? And I know from my personal experience, I felt the difference after being on something the very next day it just felt like i had a ton of energy after you know really not having the energy that i once had just by what i was given to take which was something natural it just really helped me and i noticed the difference it was like night and day but i'm wondering for you know people who out there who are listening how long because everybody wants to know how long it's going to take for me to get my adrenals back up to par Mm mm-hmm Yeah, and I think you kind of, I mean, hit the nail on the head. Like, if you've got the right treatment, you should feel stuff immediately, but you're not going to be cured immediately. It's going to take some several months, depending on your level of fatigue. And then also your level of commitment, right? So, I mean, you know, if you're, you've also got to think about, okay, maybe my sleep habits need to be better. Maybe I need to be exercising in the morning and not before bed, right? So, There are nuances to it as well, but I would say definitely you should feel something, um, you know, within the first month if if you've hit the nail on the head with your treatment, but to really get yourself fully back to where you should be, it can, for some people, it can take 9, 12, 15 months, depending on how long it's been, how many of those major life events they've had, like you said, so... Yeah, you mentioned sleep, and in the book you talked about the circadian rhythm as being very important for the recovery of the adrenals. Um, a lot of people aren't getting enough sleep. A lot of people are going to bed at 1, 2 o'clock a.m., and then they're getting up at 7 to go to work, and then they're at work, and they're wondering why they're tired. But <laughs> but if you had an optimal range to say, hey, you know what, we're working on your adrenals, patient X, and we need you to get in bed by this time and get up by this time. What would be that range? Yeah. And so um, ideally with the adrenals, they like the um, schedule of the sun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So 
But, I mean, there's some flexibility to that, right? So if you're more of a night person and you can, you have the ability to get up at like 9 or 10 a.m., what I would say is count back anywhere from seven to eight and a half hours. And, again, it's it's a little bit individualized. So, you know, when I'm thinking about people who need more sleep, I, you know, are they sort of more of the, the sluggish person who, and they'll tell you like historically, oh, I've always done better on eight to nine hours of sleep. Or are they more of that like really sped up person who like, you know, can get by on seven hours of sleep, which isn't a bad thing. Some people just constitutionally um, can do the seven, seven and a half hours. But I would say, you know, shoot for that middle ground, seven and a half, eight hours, and then sort of adjust around that. Ideally, you know, it'd be 10 to 6 um, if you really are hardcore about wanting to fix your adrenals. But, you know, second second place would be to just count back the hours from when you need to get up. Yeah, but you can't you can't go to bed at 12 at midnight and then say, I'll go, I'll go to sleep at I'll sleep till seven o'clock and then I'll get up or I'll sleep to six o'clock. It has to be in in that range, right? That, you know, 10, 9, 30, 10 o'clock or somewhere and then sleep to, to six. Yeah. I mean, that's most ideal just because the mm-hmm. adrenals, I mean, we are nature. We're So we're mm-hmm. just like animals. We're supposed to be up with the sun and down with the sun. So, um, but I know that some people are not fine tuned that way. And so it's, you know, it's not going to kibosh everything you do by, you know, going to bed at midnight and getting up at 8 o'clock. It's better, it's better that you get the quantity. Um, so, you know, there's always a middle ground that I try to come to with people. Yeah, I used to go to bed at like 9, and I've been really messing that up lately. But I go to bed between 9, 9.30, sometimes 10 o'clock the latest. And one thing I really I realized that during that time is that I really didn't need an alarm clock. My body would just say, hey, you've had enough sleep. And I was getting up at five and going to the gym, you know, to work wow. out. In the morning. Yeah. Awesome. So but it was just like my body just said, hey, you've had enough sleep. Let's wake up. No alarm clock, no anything. And then I would get in the gym and I feel like uh, like I was 10 years old. I had so much energy. Nice. But it's just, it's just amazing how if you get the right amount of sleep and you really make it a priority to get in bed and uh, and get that sleep, then it, it really helps. Um, mentioning just different uh, supplements, and I think I've had pretty much everything. <laughs> I've had uh, adaptogens. I've had um, the uh, – I don't know if they use this to treat anymore, but the um, – the adrenals of the, uh, I think I, would, I had to take the adrenals of the cow or something like that. Yeah, they use some uh, yeah. of it. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, that Fourteen was the first thing. Pig, things like that. Yeah, yeah, that was the first thing I had. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to work, but it worked. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about um, what minerals we, you know, you really need. What vitamins? Um, talk some about uh, adaptogens, because I don't know that much about adaptogens. I took them. But I wanted you to kind of get in a little bit more of the adaptogens and then what vitamins or minerals are absolutely necessary for the adrenals to function properly. Sure. So, yeah, the adaptogens are amazing. A lot of them actually come out of um, China and Japan because they have such a traditional history of using adaptogens. So, like your ginseng, there is an American version of ginseng. 
Um, those are going to be a little more stimulating. And then you've got your Eleuthero, which is your Siberian ginseng, and uh, Holy Basil is a great one from the Ayurvedic system. So these are literally, they help your body adapt to stressors. So based on what your what state you're in, like the wired and tired type of person might do good with like a rhodiola um, adaptogen, right? Whereas like the completely exhausted person may do better with like a Eleuthero or an American ginseng because it's a little bit more stimulating, but not like, you know, unfortunately when we say the word stimulating, a lot of times where people immediately think of like, you know, energy drinks. It's not like that at all. And it's not depleting. That's the thing, you know, like with energy drinks, it's like you drink them and you're like, you've got this spike of energy and your blood sugar goes wacky. And it's like, then you're just like crash. So the adaptogens are really good at nourishing the adrenal glands and just helping the body feel more calm and grounded and responsive. So those are really fabulous. I don't think I would do anything without herbs. I love herbs. Um, and did you want to yeah, jump yeah. in? Or? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and then some <laughs> of the vitamins and the minerals, um, you know, definitely magnesium, calcium, um, you've got zinc and iron and selenium and copper. A trace mineral complex can be really good because uh, if you are in adrenal fatigue, you're likely, you know, you're not necessarily, there could be absorption issues. So, you know, making sure that you're getting everything you can through like a trace mineral is really helpful. A calcium magnesium beverage, like a powder at night can be really good, especially if you've got sleep issues. Um, and then, you know, on the vitamin side, vitamin C is a huge adrenal supporter. And then vitamins um, like the B5 is going to be really great for the adrenal specifically. But even like a multi-B because we use, so like we're literally like thousands of biochemical reactions that require all of these vitamins, minerals, and nutrients to function properly. So even just having a good like activated B complex can go a long way in helping people with um, adrenal fatigue so like you could take your b-complex in the morning and get a little bit more energy to start your day yeah you mentioned magnesium i think magnesium is what actually saved me because i wasn't i knew nothing about magnesium and then i started uh when i went to the practitioner and she started me on i think she had me on magnesium and potassium and this was 2007 maybe 2008 no i think it was far back as 2005 and I knew nothing about magnesium. And now I take magnesium regularly. And they say that magnesium is one of those things that gets pretty much eaten up first when your body encounters stress. And it's really related to a lot of of the biochemical processes in the body. And then, you know, a lot of people are magnesium deficient. So um, my experience with it is I, I think it actually saved my adrenals a lot by just taking magnesium on a on a regular basis. Mhm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, you know, like you said, it, it gets used up. And unfortunately, where it comes from is from our soil. So, you know, like traditionally, we would eat like our leafy greens, and we'd have our magnesium on that. And there's magnesium in the plant as well. But a lot of it would be delivered through the soil as well. And unfortunately, with the heavy use of pesticides, people wash their vegetables. So it's kind of one of those unfortunate uh, conundrums we find ourselves in modern day. Yeah. Um, getting back to coffee, energy drinks, 
And a lot of people are using those to compensate for being tired to get, you know, to get that energy back. I'm wondering if once you repair your adrenals, are these some things that you need to stay away from? Do you need to stay away from the coffee? They've been there have been so many things on coffee. Some people say it's good, some people say it's bad. You're real life, Doctor Luther. You're actually working <laughs> with people, and I don't ever like the research. I like to look at the research, but then it's always good to get someone who's seeing people, seeing the patient population, and can tell me. But What's your experience with that? Or can that take your adrenals back down? Hey, if you're constantly, you know, drinking coffee, is there a minimum amount of coffee we can drink and not be affected? And is there a minimum amount of energy drinks we can drink and not be affected or stay away from them? Mm. So um, just as a part of my practice, I would say that most energy drinks you should stay away from if they've got artificial coloring, sweeteners, additives, things like that. Um, I'm more in the vein of like drink green tea or drink some coffee or eat some protein. If you're looking for an energy boost, going outside for 10 minutes and getting a walk around the building can be a really great way. Um, I think energy drinks more so than caffeine are going to push you a little bit harder. Um, Coffee it's an, you're not just like getting caffeine when you drink coffee. You're getting like thousands of other constituents in it. And I think with um, studies, the reason they're so conflicting sometimes is because some people process caffeine really quickly and some people process it really slowly. And the people who process it slowly tend to have more negative effects from it. So, you know, there is some good research supporting coffee, you know, for things like cancer and things like that. It doesn't mean you need to drink it. But I would say if you are going to drink it, you know, have no more than that, like, real cup size, like 10-ounce size in the morning, and have it be, like, a quality cup of coffee, like, organic, fair trade. I mean, pesticides is a huge issue that's going to be an insult on your system. So I think it's more about the quality of what you're intaking and it not messing with your system rather than you know, getting yourself back to a good place and then being like, oh, well, I'm just going to have my two morning coffees and my 2 p.m. coffee. And it's like, I, I think people don't crave that anymore, to be honest, is what I see. You know, so people, if they give up coffee, you know, which I try to encourage, at least if they're in adrenal fatigue, to get themselves re-regulated, a lot of times they'll be like, oh, I don't really even find that I need it anymore, you know, or they get themselves to just that one morning cup and it's, you know, it's, it's about really recognizing whether it's a crutch or whether it's something you're doing because you enjoy it. And when it's a crutch, you're not really at the place where we've got you fully recovered yet. Mm-hmm. So for coffee, what, one cup, two cups? If you, if you just like coffee, you love the taste of coffee, where, where's my safe zone? Am I, am, I, am I staying at one cup or am I two cups and nothing <laughs> over that I think it's around, so, like, I'm just trying to remember from the research myself. I think it's around 20 ounces, um, which would be, like, two cups of, like, a small cup, right? Because you're talking about, like, a 10-ounce cup. Um, And that seems to be, like, the safe place if you're a coffee enjoyer and you don't find that you get, like, issues when you drink coffee. (laughs) Yeah, I thought I read something somewhere where it was actually two cups, but I just wanted, yeah. if, if it comes from the doctor, 
Then <laughs> people who believe as it. As long so as my memory is re- reserved. Yeah, remembering, I, you know. So. Yeah, I think you're right because I've I've seen a, a couple of studies and they said two cups is is, is the uh, the uh, stopping point. But um, two more questions for you, and then we'll we'll let you go here. Um, one being exercise. Um, lot I've seen a lot of reports, read a lot of stuff where they're saying that if you do have adrenal fatigue, these you know, all-day exercise session, getting on a treadmill, working out, lifting weights, doing all of this stuff can be a detriment to the adrenals. And uh, if you do have adrenal fatigue, what do you recommend if you do want to do something besides sitting, you know, sitting at home? Yeah, I think it's a great question, especially, you know, and I've seen this beyond adrenal fatigue. So, like, um, you know, and I'm going to just call out men and, you know, women do this too, but the really active, active side of people as well. I've seen like the extreme where you're doing, you know, your CrossFit workout and you're running your five miles and then you're doing something when you come home. And um, I've seen that affect sex hormones as well. So testosterone can get negatively affected by that. Um, So, you know, I would say even beyond people who suffer from adrenal fatigue, we don't, want to like always be exercising all day long. Um, But for people who do have adrenal fatigue, I think the safest styles of exercise are going to be your more moderate cardiovascular. So swimming or biking or doing, you know, a walk that's at like a moderate pace. And then, you know, there's no issue with like getting some weights in, you know, if you do like three 15 minute weight lifts a week and then making sure you stretch. It's just when you get into that more, um, severe, you know, you're really pushing yourself, you're like, you know, biking straight up the hill, or, you know, you're lifting these weights for like 45 minutes and doing like, you know, rounds of exercises that can really be detrimental when you're in the healing phase. Yeah, I um, was listening to Paul Check uh, many years ago, and he said to do some what he called a term work in, like, you know, things like Tai Chi. Mm. Uh, yoga, just different yeah. things that kind of you're working out, but lit, but it's kind of I guess taking you inwards as well. Uh, to, yeah, uh, so those to, are great. Yeah. Um, last question for you, and uh, dealing with if I can remember here is uh, I said exercise and um, diet. Diet. Um, what is an optimal diet for actually being able to heal the adrenals is there something that we should be eating and things that we should be staring staying away from how does that work yeah i think you know so this will change depending on where you are but i think for we'll just talk about adrenal fatigue like the more severe side of things um generally you need to keep your blood sugar in better balance and you're going to do that with more of like your proteins and your fats. So you want to really kind of stay away from processed carbohydrates. So like, you know, breads and crackers and cookies and bagels and croissants and things like that. And you want to forget, like get rid of those. And instead, you know, have, you know, if it's breakfast, have like two eggs with like a side of kale, you know, you may need a morning snack that could be like an apple with a handful of almonds and then lunch, you know, it could be like a salad with some, you know, protein. It could be beans, it could be chicken, it could be fish, something like that. 
And then you'll likely want to get yourself a snack again, you know, something, maybe a cup of yogurt, something that's got more um, staying power, I would call it. And then mm-hmm. the same with dinner, you know, would mimic lunch, some healthy carbohydrates like some rice or sweet potatoes or um, something starchy and then some greens or some other sort of vegetable and then some good protein. And it's just that your body can really use those amino acids and those fatty acids in the healing process. And the sugars kind of just, um, they just aren't healing, you know, and so, I mean, most of the time people should stay away from those processed carbs, but I feel like with adrenal fatigue it becomes even more important because you really want to keep that blood sugar in in good balance, and it's going to help with sleep as well. Yeah, it's so funny. Like I was making a correlation between the cortisol and the blood sugar and kind of thinking about the adrenal disease of actually preparing for the show. So it just makes, it, it makes a ton of sense the way things fit and how the body is works from a holistic perspective. Um, your website is yourwellnessexpert.com, and um, you were working on a launch. Tell us about your launch and, and what you're actually doing. Yeah, I've got, um, I'm creating two new products. One is the Anxiety and Overwhelm Reset Guide. So I see a lot of people um, suffer with anxiety and you know, they feel like either they have to go the pharmaceutical route or they try a natural supplement and it doesn't work. And so the program I'm putting together is really designed to give people the answers to figure out where their anxiety comes from, because, again, we're each individual, and then figure out how to create that treatment plan using diet, lifestyle, natural medicine to better themselves. So I've got that coming up in the end of March, and then in April I've got a detox program coming up which I'm very excited for because um, I think a lot of detox programs are very like, um, you know, get on this detox and lose five pounds and that's all you have to do. And my whole thing is that, look, you detox all the time. So you need Mm -hmm. to come up with a detox plan that becomes part of your lifestyle because it's not just about going on a detox, right? That's like what everyone talks about. It's about creating a detox plan that you do over a two-week period, but then carrying that over so that you remain healthy after you lose your five pounds or have more energy or, you know, get better from that detox. Don't just go on a two-week detox and then say, well, that was good for that year. I'll just wait till next year. <laughs> yeah, it's, so. it's, it's very funny how people, uh, I guess, you know, January 1st was the detox season. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally. <laughs> you know, doing all the cleanses, and most people don't realize that we're just encountering all these chemicals on a, a daily basis, and we we need to be constantly detoxed, and it's just so funny how everything works. But uh, Dr. Luther, I really enjoyed I'm so glad we were able to connect and, and, and to get you on. I saw your book. I actually saved your book in my library uh, <laughs> membership, and nice. I was like, oh, I wonder if I can get her on, because I was looking to, you know, discuss adrenal fatigue, and I'm so glad that we got a chance to connect. And again, um, the book is The Everything Guide to Adrenal Fatigue, uh, if you're out there listening. And uh, you can get it at you know most of your major bookstores. I'm sure everybody, just about everybody now, shops on Amazon. But um, And Dr. Lent, uh, Dr. Luther's site is yourwellnessexpert.com. Dr. Luther, thank you so much for being on tonight. Yeah, you're welcome, Darren, and thanks so much for having me. It was a blast. Yep, thank you. I will actually email you about the Skype thing because I got to find out about this. <laughs> so sounds great, thank, no problem. Yeah, 
Thank you so much for being on again. And uh, like I said, I'll email you. Uh, All right. Probably in the morning sometime. Okay, sounds great. All right, thank you so much. Have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right, hope you learned something there about adrenal fatigue. Again, the book is The Everything Guide to Adrenal Fatigue. And, guys, I actually got it from the uh, the library. I get so many books from media copies and people wanting to come on that I'm losing space for books. Uh, so I got this one from the, the library. I'm actually going to be uh, returning it tomorrow. But if this is something very handy for you just to work with your adrenal fatigue. And what I would advise is if you, um, you know, have severe uh, adrenal fatigue, you might want to reach out to somebody like Dr. Luther or work with someone in your area to help you with the uh, with your adrenal fatigue. Uh, next week, next Monday, we'll be having Kelsey Miller. Uh, her The name of her book is Big Girl, How I Gave Up Dieting and Got a Life. Really entertaining book. Kelsey has a really, like, uh, funny writing style. Uh, I can tell she's a humorous person, so it's really going to be a good um, discussion with her on her book, uh, Big Girl. Like I said, if you have not listened to the show last week with Dr. Daniels on Turpentine, go back and listen to that show. Really good healing protocol. And Turpentine is really cheap. I looked online after the show to to see uh, how to start the protocol, and I found it for like $2 or something. So um, you really may want to go back and listen to that show as well as all the other shows. So Monday, Kelsey Miller, Big Girl, same fat time, same fat channel. Peace and love, peeps. Good night.